0: Despite the evident heroic use of his toy, the local folks' reaction wasn't what Mr. Snyder had expected. Instead of smiling faces and thankful citizens, he'd been shunned at best, nearly assaulted at worst. The people of Santa Fe were scared of him, or, more accurately, his drones. Questions about privacy, the legality and the morality of his winged robots dominated the public discourse. Rumors spread, most greatly exaggerated tales about the capabilities of his tiny flyers. Some people thought the machines could see through walls, others whispering that the mad scientist up on the mountain was listening in on every conversation in the county— "'Others flagged the old man as a pervert, "'claiming they'd seen his copters peeking in through the windows of their homes. "'Only the Native Americans seemed to smile at him "'when he made his mandatory visits to town for groceries and supplies. "'He'd found their reaction odd at the time. "'Now it all made sense. "'Hack was more than happy to be out of the limelight, "'even if the exile was forced.' He'd moved to New Mexico for the weather and isolation, not for the area's social life. Still, he could not deny his innate need to make a positive contribution to mankind somehow, somewhere. The reaction from the local tribes wasn't lost on the toy maker. When the occasional need to leave his retreat did occur, he found the Native American culture an interesting diversion— The area was thick with reservations and pueblos, some dating back to before the time of Christopher Columbus and his famous voyage. In addition to ancient ruins and abandoned cities, there always seemed to be dances, powwows, and mystical ceremonies taking place. The toy maker found a sort of kinship with the natives' way of interacting with the world. When society had fallen off a cliff, that bond was made stronger by the dichotomy of reactions Hack watched unfold. In regular terms, the general population seemed to go crazy. They had been addicted to modern conveniences delivered by electrical power, automobiles that practically drove themselves, and meals they obtained via a drive through sack. When all of those modern conveniences evaporated, anger and desperation began to surface. Most of Santa Fe was burned to the ground in the riots, neighbor-against-neighbor violence, taking almost as many lives as hunger and diseases. The reservations and Pueblos, on the other hand, didn't seem to be affected at all. The Native Americans had never grown accustomed to the convenience of a local Walmart, and so never had to suffer withdrawal from its closing. Additionally, the people, as they called themselves— were accustomed to a life of scarcity, shortage, even poverty. They had never been spoiled by the digital age. When cell phones stopped working, the natives who had owned them set them aside and shrugged. Mainstream Americans would fight, scream, weep, and yell when they could not command four bars of signal. Most of the tribes had made considerable efforts to educate their youth in the old ways. Hunting for survival was still common, as were homesteading skills, like making candles, growing maize, and weaving on a loom. The collapse resulted in shock and trauma for everyone, but it was obvious to Hack that the people weathered the storm far better than their white neighbors. While his cabin was off the grid by geographic necessity, Hack still needed supplies— He was too old to hike the mountains in order to hunt and gather. His solar panels, water well, and in-ground septic covered the basic necessities of shelter, but he still had to eat. Like everyone else, the speed of the downfall had taken him by surprise. With the cupboard nearly barren, he'd decided to approach one of the friendlier tribes and see if he could strike a barter arrangement. The relationship had prospered from there. Despite the two coachety boys riding their horses at a half-gallop, their progress was still painful. A sign of the times, Hack thought. What once took a few minutes...